In stage one, we say nothing is going to happen. Stage two, we say something may be going to happen, but we should do nothing about it. In stage three, we say that maybe we should do something about it, but there's nothing we can do. Stage four, we say maybe there was something we could have done, but it's too late now. Every time I say hello, good morning, everybody. Welcome to a very wet gator community today. A, a big owl's just been on and said, Have a word with Miss Kurt, Mrs. Kirkwood, would you? It's pissing down. It is, isn't it? It's the only name for it. It's the only name. I'm fed up people saying um, Vietnam, but saying Nam instead of Vietnam. Like they're some kind of warriors. The only Nam they were in was Cheltenham. Here we go for another one-hour adventure we call Vague Radio uh, UK, live from the Gate community, Ronnie Barber, fully formed. My brain was active last night. Oh, my goodness. Couldn't switch off last night. Did anybody else have the same thing? We should start some kind of club where we all just get in touch with each other. And we're up in the middle of the night. Uh, so anyway, today, the Dalai Lama's reincarnation. Matthew McConaughey hasn't used deodorant for 30 years. Dominic Rabs back from his holidays. And he's going to apply sanctions to the, the Taliban. Yeah, we're going to bring them into line. We're going to apply sanctions. They're really, really worried about that. And Biden has said he sticks by his decision uh, to withdraw troops. It had to come. Let's not forget, though, uh, him... uh, You remember uh, that chap? What was his name? You know the boy boy with the hair? No, not Ken Dodd. No, the boy with the hair that ran the country. Trump. Yeah, Trump. He had a deal with the Taliban. They were going to stick to it, and they were saying, no, if we get in, don't you worry, there'll be none of that malarkey, Uh, there'll be none of the uh, Sharia law, there'll be none of that, it'll just be us being decent human beings, so don't trust us, Donald, and away you went, and Donald thought, I've got a deal, I am a master. And anyway, they're all pointing it, but uh, it's still an issue about how soon they came out, and everybody was surprised. What were they surprised about, everybody? What were they surprised? That the Taliban are really good at what they do. They're fantastic what they do. What other things have got? Two pugs get married. Yeah, two, dogs, uh, two pugs fell in love and a wedding was arranged. What else have we got for you? Oh, excuses, um, HRM, HMRC lists the 10 top uh, absur- absurd excuses. Employers say not to pay uh, minimum wage. Fantastic. Uh, what is the Guardian? Oh, Swiss researchers calculate pi to a new record of 62.8 trillion figures. Pie, not not the pie, not your pie. Oh, text a minute. Not the pie you have, not the Morrison. Mind you, Morrison's fruit pies are lovely. Oh, yeah. I'm not sponsored by them. We don't have any sponsors for this malarkey. Um, well, who's this saying hello? Morning, Ronnie. Sure is hissing down uh, here in Fordham. <laughs> uh, it never rains in Fordham. I, was, I, I like the garden centres in Fordham. Fordham's got two garden centres. Isn't that amazing? They've got one out the back and one at the front. Yeah, they have. I think they're owned by different people. Yeah, Fordham. Go to Fordham for all your garden centre. I mean, I love a garden centre. Oh, I love a garden. I just love, I love tools. I want to get one of those belts. I'm kind of been dropping hints for several Christmases now. Say, can you get me one of those belts where they, you can put your secateurs in there, you can put your, uh, your gloves in there, and other stuff, your wee saw. Uh, your pruners, I want all that in there. What's the difference between a secretary and a pruner then? Uh, so I've got that today. What else have we got? Uh, oh, Tory MP Paul Bristol. He's the MP for what? Peterborough. Yeah, turns out he's been uh, travelling and speeding his third uh, speeding, uh, uh, it says, fine. 
Uh, speaking of fans, uh, he's the one that's been, uh, he wants to crack down on speeding. I can see why, because he's the only one that wants to do it. I don't want anybody else speeding on my roads. If I'm speeding, it could be dangerous for me. So let's make sure. So he's been done for that. Talk about that in a wee bit. Um, oh, now, uh, any of you who are of the uh, yoga world, you know the yoga, the whole thing of uh, bendy shape me any way you want me, that thing? Uh, you may have been doing the downward dog the wrong way. Yep. It may come as a shock to you, uh, but yeah, it turns out that you've been doing it the wrong way, the downward dog. So it's something to do with your heels and your feet. But I suppose the biggest news for me today is the fact that Hugh Edwards is considering his position on News at 10. I know. And I just, let's just take that in. Uh, all the gated communities around the world uh, listening to us today live on the Citrus uh, app, they're just going, what, Ronnie? Yep. Uh, he's thinking about um, packing in. His job at uh, News at Ten. I know. I was. I was met. I. 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 I took ages to realise. So can we just talk about this and 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 see what's going on? He's turned sixty, and I think he may be going through his menopause, or his newsopause. He's having a news. I'll put that one in. That's a good read. The newsopause. Uh, yeah, I think he's going through a newsopause. He's done so many interviews. He says that he doesn't know what his future will be. He reassesses his job amid milestone. Have we got any uh, news at 10? Uh, what have we got? News at 10? Uh, no, it's not the news, it's the BBC News theme. BBC News theme. All right, here, come in. News just coming in. Hugh Edwards is considering his position. He doesn't know what he wants to carry on or not. He's turned 60 and he's wondering what he'll do with the rest of his life. All that and more with sport and here's Sally with the weather. Yeah, it turns out he's... Uh, but, you know, um, I'm no cynic. I'm no cynic, everybody, but... I wonder whether maybe there is an issue. Uh, is there maybe an issue? Is his contract coming up for renew? Is there something? Is it was he contract? I'm not being you know that's that's not the Hugh would be any way that cynical. I just wonder where his contract is up for renew. Speaking to Radio Kumra, Kumru, Kumru, Kumru. Uh, Hugh Edwards admitted that it's time to reassess what's in front of him, and it was natural for him to think well he wants to do something different. He said he's reconsidering his future at News at 10. This is just heartbreaking. I don't know. I don't know. How, you know all other presenters in the world just gone, what are you doing, Hugh? During the interview, which saw Hugh speaking well to broadcaster Dewey Lechlid, he confessed his presenting the evening news programme could be taxing, but insisted he still enjoyed the job. Ah, there you go. He still likes the job, but he's wondering what to do with it. I don't think his contract's up. I don't, honestly, I don't think his contract's up for renewal. I don't think for one second. And anybody who's saying that, you're just cynical. Maybe even jealous. Now that a big milestone is here, which is six years old, said you, now that it's a big milestone here, oh, I can't do well, which is 60 years old, it's natural for a man to think, am I going to cash Am I going to continue in this job for another five years? Or do I want to do something different? Nice one, nice ploy, nice ploy. Am I going to stay in this job for another five years? Five-year contract? However, Hugh hastened that it was a he was a natural broadcaster. All right, yeah. Trumpet blowing. That he didn't want to give it all up. Ah, ha, ha. Right. So it might not be five days a week or the, week, the uh, days he's doing. The hours. I don't think he does five days. The nightly news business, after 20 years, that can be taxing, even though I still enjoy the job, he said again. But I don't think I'll do, do doing it for that long because I believe that in the first place, I think it's fair for the viewers to get a change. Ah, prompt the viewers to phone in. Secondly, I have co-workers very talented. It's time to give them a chance too. Come on, don't start that nonsense, Hugh. Why give them a chance? They wouldn't give you a chance. They've been biting at your heels since you started there, mate. It won't, I won't disappear tomorrow from Terracle News because I'm still enjoying myself. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying myself. Of course, I'm thinking about the working, future working patterns of, in the future. 
And the truth is, I don't want to sustain these working patterns for a long time to come because I don't believe it's a very wise thing at all. Brilliant. I don't sustain these working patterns. Right, give him two days a week, drop his money, and he'll stay till he's 65. That's what's Well, nice one, uh, you. Hugh also spoke about the BBC's clumsy handling over the decision to publish staff salaries of those earning more than £150,000 a year. Among the highest paid employees at the corporation, Hugh is the fourth on the list and has a salary of somewhere between 465000 to 469000 Right. So I, I'm the head of the BBC. I don't want Hugh Edwards to go to ITV. I don't want him to go to ITV. He should stay here. He admitted the whole thing had angered him, adding, not because I'm embarrassed about pay, especially because I took a huge pay cut years ago anyway. I don't expect anyone to feel sorry, but if you do get a huge pay cut, it's certainly going to affect you, your psychology and your attitude towards work. Especially if you see your co co-workers getting large pay rises and you don't quite understand why. <laughs> yeah, it's the end of the contract. It must be. I'm only, I'm only thinking out loud here, but Q, this is a work of genius, my friend. You are a genius. You're happy in the job. You're not happy with the working conditions. You're not happy that people get pay rise around you and you should have a pay cut. Lovely. Yeah. I'm through with standing in line. The clubs are never getting. It's like the bottom of the ninth and I'm never gonna win this. Life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. Tell me what you want. I want a brand new house on an episode of Cribs and a bathroom I can play baseball in. And a king size tub big enough for ten plus me. Need a, a credit card that's got no limit And a big black chair with a bedroom in it Gonna join the Mile High Club at 37,000 feet Been done I want a new tour bus full of old guitars Find a star on Hollywood Boulevard Somewhere between Cher and James Dean is fine for me So how you gonna do Trade this life for fortune and fame I'll even cut my hair and change my name Cause we all just wanna be big rock stars And live in hilltop buses driving 15 cars The girls come easy and the drugs come cheap We'll all stay skinny cause we just won't eat And we'll hang out in the coolest bars And we'll be with the movie stars Every good gold digger's gonna wind up Just won't eat and we'll hang out in the cool. 
Go, he won't go. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. I wonder who'll get it. Who's the up and coming people at the BBC? Uh, definitely be a woman, because uh, you know, uh, that's the yeah, that no, come on, come on, don't start. It, yeah, it's uh, and and it has to be. I mean, Clive Myrie, I quite like Clive Myrie, he's done it before, he might get a gig. It's whoever will take a pay cut from Hugh Edwards 450k. If he took a huge pay cut, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going back on this. If he took a huge pay cut, what was he on before? What? And you do notice that if you've been earning seven hundred thousand pounds a year and somebody cuts you back to four hundred fifty thousand, it's a nightmare. You end up going to Aldi's. You think, no, can't do Morrison's. Oh, I certainly can't do Waitrose. Yaki die, you can't go. Oh, no, no Waitrose. Hey, you ever wondered, uh, you know, this thing that's happened in Afghanistan uh, where uh, the uh, the people who, uh, you know, were there for 20 years moved out, including British and the uh, US. Um, you ever wondered who's funding the Taliban? You ever wondered? Uh, Af Afghanistan is now effectively controlled, still to come, by the way, Dalai Dala Lama, who, who's the next reincarnation? He gets to pick the who's going to be reincarnated. Afghanistan is now effectively controlled by the Islamist group as they hold all the major cities, right? The Independent has looked, uh, this is from the Independent, by the way, the Independent has looked into how the terror group is funded and who harms them. Afghanistan, as we know, is the largest exporter of opium in the world and is the source of majority of funding for the Islamist group. Now, you remember they, they had a go at the farmers, didn't they? They said to the farmers, you can't grow that because it's against... It's against their religious laws, right? Uh, the, but however, the Taliban, the Taliban have counted Afghan opium trade as part of their main source of income. More production brings drugs with a cheaper and more effective price and therefore wider accessibility. So the screwing is both ways, if you see what I mean. The Taliban previously banned poppy growing in 2000, but were understood to have softened their stances considerably after a backlash from rural farmers. Cricket, they must have been brave farmers. God. Experts believe the drug, along with the public officials, with public officials, have been involved in the drug trade for a substantial amount of time. But there is a dispute about how much money the group actually makes from drugs. A confidential report by NATO and later leaked to Radio Free Europe showed the group also benefit from money from mining, real estate, and unnamed regional benefactors. <laughs> they make money. They're the Taliban are capitalists. They make money from misery, and then they go and spend the money making people more miserable. It's quite the, uh, isn't it? When you think about it, it's quite the thing. Quite the way to do your, your business. That's a business model there. In parts of the country, they control the Taliban. also implement a form of taxation known as usher. Uh, so they, you have to pay a tax as well. What do you get for your tax? Do you get your pavements done, your potholes? What about schooling? Oh, no, wait a minute. Girls aren't allowed in schools, are they? And that's right now, yeah. Um, and a UN report in September 2012 said this tax was 10% tax on harvest and 2.5% tax on wealth. Mind you, that's not bad. 2.5%, that's not a bad basic rate of tax. Uh, who arms them? Who arms the uh, the Taliban? Who, who would possibly arm the Taliban? Who do you think would do it? Hmm, let's think. Could it be the Russians? Could it be China? Could it be... Iran? I don't know. The US, uh, um, uh, who arms it? The Taliban uh, have stolen weapons that were given to the army and police forces by the US. Right, the yes, uh, we've got the receipts for those. One of the first moves the Taliban made in moving into new territory to go to the government headquarters, arrest or kill these figures, open the prisons, then go to government bases and seize the weapons. The group also has weapons and equip equipment donated by groups or states that are in some way sympathetic to their cause. The US previously accused Russia of supporting and providing arms. Oh, those Russians, they get, don't they? 
And uh, they, uh, they accused him of providing arms to the Taliban in 2018. In a BBC interview, General, uh, General John Nixon claimed that guns were being smuggled over the border from na- neighbouring Tajikistan. Tajik- Tajikistan? Chad- There's a lot of stands, as I said, isn't there? A lot of stands. Uzbekistan, Afghanistan, Tajikistan. Um, we've had weapons brought to this headwaters, given to us by Afghan leaders, and they said this was given by the, the Russians to the Taliban. Russia and Taliban both denied the U.S. claims, it says here. Well, there you go. So um, they, they're, quite, they're quite good at making money and misery. Money and misery, the, baby, the uh, Taliban model. How to make money from misery. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite, if it wasn't so thingy, it would be funny. But it's not funny because we've got people losing lives out there. One of the biggest news uh, that uh, kind of hit me as well this week. Um, Matthew McConaughey hasn't worn deodorant in 30 years. And Yvette Nicole Brown, I think she's an actress. Is Yvette Nicole Brown an actress? Yvette Nicole Brown, is she an actress? She knows how, she knows how Matthew McConaughey smells. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't worn deodorant in 30 years. Oh, no, I think he can afford it. Oh, he's probably in a good wage. It's not on Hugh, uh, Hugh Edwards' money, but he's... Yeah, he can afford it. But he's been uh, grabbed into this. There's been a lot of controversy about celebrities and their bathing routines this month. Go ahead and uh, grab some popcorn as I catch uh, you up to speed. It started when Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher and Miley Kunis sat down for a chat uh, and revealed that they don't have hot water... Uh, they didn't have hot water growing up. So they didn't shower much anyway. When I would, uh, when, but when I had children, I didn't also didn't wash them every day. I wasn't a parent that bathed my newborns ever. And Ashton added, "Now there's a thing. If you can see the dirt on them, clean them. Otherwise, there's no point. It's a bit like that with water. You know these people that carry these big like camels of water around and sip all the time. Are they thirsty all the time? You've got to remain hydrated. But surely the thirsty thing comes in. Surely that comes in and go. I'm thirsty. I'll have a drink." So it's all kicked off about who is a washing and scrubbing in Hollywood, and it seems that a lot of people are not are not you know. So Matthew McConaughey dived in, dived in and said um, he's refused to wear deodorant for the past thirty years. According to Elite Daily, Kate Hudson asked them to wear some some while they were filming Fool's Gold. And he said he should always bring. She always brings a salt rock, which has some natural deodorant, and says, would you please put this on? I just never wore it. No cologne, no deodorant. Matthew McConaughey smells like the man who is the man. Who is the man. He continued, the women in my life, including my mother, have all said, hey, your natural smells like what smells one like a man. What? Hey, your natural smell smells one like a man and two smells like you. That's an advert I've ever saw one. Hey, your natural smell smells one like a man and two smells like you. Capture those sporting moments on Super Avalon videotape from TDK. The great name in tape cassettes. Who know, Jeeves, does anyone snap about spending the weekend here with Lord Glastonbury? His Lordship's sherry, sir. Absolutely, Jeeves. That's why, sir, I took the liberty of bringing a bottle of your Croft original. Oh, Jeeves. Topo! Beats me why the old buffer doesn't get some in. Lord Glastonbury is very set in his ways, sir. I fear he regards a cream sherry like Croft original, with its light, delicate colour, somewhat too modern for him. Shell nectar, Jeeves. Compared with his jolly old brown stuff, Croft's a clear winner. I'd say, Jeeves, clear winner. That's a joke. I don't know, sir. Craft original pale cream sherry. One instinctively knows when something is right. I've been asked to set my brownies a task to find out if theory is better value than other soaps. I gave the Pixies a well-known soap and the Sprites fairy. Come on, Jane, keep washing. We can't. There's hardly any soap left. And it's all gooey. Ready for prey, Brownie? Look how much fairy's left. Well, that does seem to show that fairy is better value because it lasts longer. Pure mild fairy, the longer lasting soap.
UK, Ronnie Barber, fully formed. One of the stories we've been looking at this morning is the revelation that several top Hollywood stars are not bathing as often as perhaps they should be. For more on this, let's speak to our chief hygiene correspondent, Donnie Barker. Donnie, I would imagine this story has rocked the show business world. Absolutely, Ronnie. The people I've spoken to here in Hollywood are livid. What are they saying? Yes, but why? Why? Yes, why are they living, Donnie? Because these stars are icons, Ronnie. They're worshipped from afar, and it seems they're going to have to be worshipped from much further afar now. There have been rumours that some of them are a bit whiffy. Oh, yes. You can go as far back as John Wayne, who allegedly had a distinct aroma of old horses when he was on the set. And Fred Astaire was renowned for his Branson pickle breath, which often rendered his co-stars unconscious after a particularly arduous routine. What have the Hollywood authorities said about this scandal? Uh, they're remaining tight-lipped about this, Ronnie, because a lot of them smell like a badger's armpit. But they have issued a statement that anyone found smelling of anything other than stardom will be removed from the set and sent for a three-day bath at a smell rehabilitation centre. Finally, Donnie, in light of all these sex and drug scandals Hollywood has suffered over the years, could this be the final nail in the coffin for show business as we know it? Yes, that is the end. Hollywood is finished. Donnie Barker, our chief hygiene reporter.
Ronnie Barber live from our very wet gated community today. We'll be out, uh, we have to go and suck out the puddles. What? Yeah, with well, the puddles. Uh, we have a big um, thingy that we take out uh, to see. It's just to kind of, because the puddles develop uh, and the drains don't really work. But uh, so we go out there in the gated community. I think a lot of gated communities do it. I'm fully formed. You can uh, text me 07849 453 587. Good morning, Arlene. Oh, morning, Arlene. Uh, let's get some uh, top uh, news as well. You remember Geronimo? You remember the Geronimo? Geronimo the alpaca's future. This is Geronimo the alpaca that's got TB uh, from the test. So the tests say, allegedly. And it was going to get put down. They were going to send some DEFRA people around there and vets and everything. And then people put a human shield around the alpaca. DEFRA agrees to a hearing with the owner of a UK alpaca, which has twice tested positive for bovine tuberculosis. It's been going on for like a couple of weeks. It'd be quite good for me because, it, you know, it's going to be something to talk about on the show. Uh, the alpaca that faces being destroyed after testing positive for bovine tuberculosis had been given a temporary reprieve, the animal's vet has said. The government had twice turned down the request to save Geronimo. Save Geronimo! Uh, they turned down that request. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, I saw that then. Uh, the, uh, the DEFRA... But Dr. E. McGill said the Department of, that's the vet, uh, for the Department of Food and Environment have said, all right, we'll have a hearing. Well, that's nice. Well, I do hope uh, you know, Geronimo gets there, because I think it's important. Geronimo gets to kind of uh, be part of the whole thing. Because we don't know, well, you don't want anybody talking about an alpaca's back. He's got a long back, by the way. Alpacas look like they're a good ride. Huh? On their backs. You don't know, it could be, you'd have to be a small child. You couldn't, no, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to, I don't think you could actually, I'm looking at the owner there, Mrs. Mrs. McDonald, she's the farmer that's got it, Mrs. McDonald, yeah, yeah, yeah. Defract so, uh, lawyers accept um, uh, Helen McDonald's uh, legal application for material non-disclosure. Hearing date awaited, but Geronimo is safe for now, though Defra only saying they won't kill him today, shameful. No, we're not going to kill him today, but uh, maybe tomorrow. Depends. It depends. Aye. Geronimo has twice tested positive for bovine tuberculosis, but McDonald, who breeds alpacas at her farm in South Gloucester, has insisted that the tests are unreliable and the animal is healthy. She's asked for more testing done, but lost her final appeal at the High Court earlier this month. The case attracted an outpouring of public support. With 130,000 people signing a petition calling on Boris Johnson to overturn the ruling and destroy the alpaca. Why can't we get that same anger for food banks? And I, I, I get the whole thing with the alpaca. That's good. Well done. But why can't we do the same with food banks and start a big, massive... Let's, you know, make sure we don't have to. Because if we shut down the food banks, there would be nothing else there. A DEFRA spokesperson confirmed there are no plans to execute the warrant today. Or execute the warrant. We are sympathetic to Miss McDonald's situation, just as we are with everyone with animals affected by this terrible disease. It is for this reason the testing results and options for Geronimo have been fearfully, carefully considered by DEFRA, the Animal and Plant Health, animal and plant health Agency and its veterinary experts, as well as passing several stages of thorough legal scrutiny. Well, nobody wants to cull infected animals. We need to do everything we can to tackle this disease. That's true. And stop it spreading to protect the livelihoods of those affected. Uh, so anyway, there's a human shield still around Geronimo, which is lovely. But how long can the shield stay in place? Can we talk about the uh, spiritual reincarnation of the Dalai Lama? Would you like to? Okay. Well, I think it's important. Because it, it's not just a job interview the spiritual reincarnation will have political consequences for America, China and India. Here's how it works. The Dalai Lama, 86, lovely man. Uh, but all accounts, he's in good health, but questions about his successor become more complicated with each birthday. Tenzin Gyatso, the fourth Dalai, 14th Dalai Lama, is the highest spiritual figure in Tibetan Buddhism and the founder of the Tibetan government in exile based in Darasamala, Similar to the way I'm saying it. 
in India. His incumbency are doing well today. I'm absolutely sober. I've been off the drink for 12 hours. His incumbency, his incumbency has encompassed a period of ruling to death by the Chinese. <laughs> Good God, for it, for, di- for decades, the Dalai Lama has been a thorn in the side of the uh, CCP, which is the Chinese Communist Party. I don't think there's, I don't think they've a big do. I don't think it's a disco. It might be a buffet. Uh, um, the Tibetan Bud- Buddhists believe that the next Dalai Lama will be reincarnated and identified by a council of senior disciples. The Chinese government insists it has the right to anoint his successor. In recent months, the Americans and the Indians have entered the fray. Who will be the next Dalai Lama be chosen? And how will they be chosen? It's like X Factor Dalai Lama. You, we get the people, bring them in, and they have to do, they have to show the caring side. In Tibetan Buddhism, you never thought you'd be talking about Tibetan Buddhism, did you? No. There's your education going on there. All right, this is what you paid for when you crowdfunded it. In Tibetan Buddhism, each Dalai Lama is a Tolka, a reincarnated custodian of the teachings of the bloke that came up with it. It's a big word. Avo, Avo Kitsavara? Avo Kitsavara. When a Dalai Lama dies, it normally takes years to identify the reincarnated form. Tenzin Gyatso was identified in 1913 years, 1937, four years after the 13th Dalai Lama. So it can, you know, it's a long interview, it's a long job. And uh, senior monks interpreted signs from the 13th death, such as unusual star-shaped fungus that grow on his shrine, apparently appointed to the northeast, to direct their search. Well, this is brilliant. This is a tea. This this should be the way it should be, because it's lovely. The Buddhists, I've thought about doing the Buddhist thing, because it, it seems to have less, you know, this seems very much about love and reincarnation. Right, so... Uh, how do you, so somebody has to pick the person to be the next, could it be you? So it's going to, so it has to be, there's signs you have to look for. That's amazing. You could be the next, well, you don't know, do you? I know you don't, I don't, I don't know if you have to be a Buddhist. I know you do have to love in a loving kind of way. Um, Talking of uh, kind of Buddhism and things like this, uh, I saw a story about, uh, are you doing the downward dog the wrong way? Are you? Are you doing it? Oh, I better do this, get this out of the way. Tory MP Paul Bristol, who wants a crackdown on motorists, loses his licence after he was caught travelling at 26 over the limit, 26 miles per hour over the limit. He's the Peterborough MP. I think I've interviewed him. Uh, he was. Uh, co- it, it, he's called for a speeding crackdown, but this was the MP's third speeding offence. He must pay six hundred sixty-six pound uh, fine plus a victim surcharge of sixty-eight pounds and one hundred ten court costs. Who's the victim then? What did he do? He's dri- uh, clock driving his Toyota four by four. Not a great car. At seventy-six miles and a fifty miles an hour zone. It was a Peter MP's third speeding offence in two years. You remember the days that if you get caught like that, you would have to resign, but of course you don't have to do it now. You do not have to resign if you're in the government, uh, this government. You not. How bad is it? Well, it's bad, but it's, you know. We just don't answer questions on it. Peterborough magistrates handed Bristol a 28-day ban after he pleaded guilty. 28 days, that's nothing. Wow, he's found speeding on the A1 on November 12, 2020. Uh, Bristol's solicitor, Nick Diablo, said the MP had been t- t- taking his mum home and was trying to go back to work. He did not attend court. Was there in spirit, Mr Diablo said. Oh, wow. Jeez. They just, they just, oh, man. He wished he'd pay more attention to his speed. In the column in his local newspaper, the politician said he dismissed, dismissed advice to claim mitigating circumstances. I need to be able to campaign with, about speeding on residential streets without any suggestion of hypocrisy. <laughs> Only by asking to be disqualified can I look my constituents in my eye. <laughs> All right. That's what it's... All right, yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, I, I know I broke the law. Uh, yeah, but disqualify me so that I can carry on with my campaign. 
Oh man, brass neck doesn't even come into it. All right, I'm going to talk about uh, coming up. Uh, the mistakes many people make when they're doing a downward dog. The two pugs that I've got are married. What were they doing? And why was no one invited to the honeymoon? Vague Radio UK, Ronnie Barbie, you've only got 17 minutes left of this. I've got the big shop today. I'm going on a Tuesday day. So I'll clear this up, make it a podcast, and I'll be gone. By the way, I'm meeting my uh, my old Radio Cambridgeshire mates tomorrow. Uh, two of them. I'm meeting Sabalius. Yeah, I'm, make, I'm meeting Molotov. And I'm meeting Eiffel Tower tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't seen them in ages. It just has to be safe to get together, so I'm going to meet, catch up with them. It'll be lovely. Uh, just uh, breaking news, and this is uh, the real thing, because uh, this kind of brings it home when I'm, you know, I'm been a, a medi- an idiot on the radio, but COVID deaths rose by 30%. In a week, 21 days after Freedom Day, uh, new data reveals, uh, up by 30%. In the week 20, uh, to August the 6th, 527 death certificates referenced the virus, accounting for more than 1 in 20 deaths from all causes. This is up from 404 the previous week. This week's figure is the highest weekly death toll since March. The ONS data also includes deaths with virus mentioned in the de- uh, death certificates, and uh, yesterday, the Department of Health said the UK's daily COVID numbers have risen with 28,438 uh, new daily cor- uh, coronavirus cases recorded. It's still there, and it's still killing. Even with COVID, I've, we talked about my mate Jim, who'd been double jabbed. So please, whatever you do, just be careful, will you? Just do the thing. Just do the thing. Mass, don't go out unless you have to, really have to. Because this is still out there. Um, all right, two stories. I was going to do the downward dog thing, but I'll keep that for another day because I, I realised a lot of you might be kind of thinking about doing it. Um, but I want to talk about uh, the woman who married the ghost of Michael Jackson, but he won't bonk. He just wants to eat cookies. Yeah. 
medium uh, Kathleen Roberts. She's a medium, everybody. She uh, believes in... Uh, she is the medium. She's in between the us and the afterlife. Life. Medium Kathleen Roberts, who also claims to be the reincarnation of Marilyn Monroe, I'll just look a picture, you ain't no reincarnation of Marilyn Monroe, missus, says Michael Jackson has was first attracted to her childlike personality, uh-oh, and small hands and feet, but he won't go to the next level. If you were possessed by the spirit, you might want them, beat it, but not Kathleen Roberts. She claims she's married the ghost of Michael Jackson, who mainly wants to use her as a vehicle to eat cookies. <laughs> Medium Kathleen, who also reckons she's a reincarnation of Marilyn Monroe, she's not, says she's been in a relationship with the King of Pop Ghosts for several years. She says he's made himself very home in, inside her, using her body to sing, dance, and snack. You'd have thought it'd be Elvis she would want to be. Anyway, but much to disappointment, she says, he, uh, disappointment, she says, he doesn't seem interested in consummating their marriage. Sex, she says, isn't on the menu. He just wants to beat it. It's unusual and unprovable setup, but Kathleen says she's of sound mind that she's being 100% proof, uh, truthful. For a while, she shared stories of her and Michael's marriage on TikTok, but since these accounts have now been removed, I wonder why that happened. The most vivid insights come from the article she wrote last year. Uh, the, the stars set up a phone-in. Which celebrity ghost would you look most like to marry? Tell us in the comments below. <laughs> she paints Michael, who died 2019 year, uh, 2009, aged just 50, as being a real chatterbox, something that surprised her. Catherine from the US writes, Michael stays in me all the time, so he comes to the restroom with me and calls for the special bonding moments, toiletries. He sings and dances, possessing me, for channeling, if you prefer, professionally. He talks to me a lot, which is not what I expected from the shy man I saw on the TV all those years ago I was a fan. He stays possessed in me, relaxed, not channeling, just enjoying life through me and communicating me, communicating, commu I'm the terrible word today, and communicating with me as a husband. She likes to, what? So he likes to eat in me. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have much time for more of this. So he likes to eat in me, he loves cookie, he cusses a lot more than you'd expect to as a former fan. But despite being famous for his crotch-grabbing, groin-thrusting moves on stage, crotch-grabbing, groin-thrusting, ah, Pepsi, Kathleen says she struggled to connect with him on a sexual level, despite her best attempts to be psychically intimate. She, was, she wrote, he doesn't like being touched back. He, cares, he scares me with spider visions and dead corpse visions. If I kiss him or try to initiate romance physically and psychically, he's very bossy and points things out like flaws and mistakes I make. I assume he's got that from his father. So I try to overlook that because I love him. And I'm not perfect either. It is not known why he selected uh, Kathleen to be his earthly bride, seeing as they never met while he was alive. You've just got to pray for that lassie haven't you, you I, I just hope she, eventually she gets consummated I, I do because I, she's got you know I do it'd be quite because if she's got him inside her all that time she's got to get something out of it you know coming up rejected phone-ins of the day and it feels like yours was the only heart to break when you come back home and all the lights are out Getting used to no one else being around Else to blame 
Jessie Glynn from uh, Drum Chapel. She's a lovely girl. I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you. I've got one song left. All right, Jess, I've got one song. Jess, your mum wants in for your tea. She's furious. You're back in. Uh, one song left. Uh, time for the rejected phone-ins of the day. These are the phone-ins that I thought about doing, but I'm not doing really. I'm not doing really phone-ins, but rejected phone-ins. Uh, they never made the cut uh, because we were too good on this radio station, too good on this radio program. Toilet paper. Oh, hang, hang on. What's going on here? What, what's going on here? Hello. Oh, it's Jeff, isn't it? It's Jeff. Oh, Jeff, how you doing? I haven't heard from you for ages. What's happening, man? I've been, I've been busy, Ronnie. What? What have you been doing? Well, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a consultant. A what? A consultant. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. Well, what I do is, Ronnie, I go places and I find, I find places for companies. You know what I mean? Places for them to open up. Oh, that's great. That sounds lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like a great job. Yeah, it's brilliant, Ronnie. You get to travel the world. The world? All, all over the place. All over the world? Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. And, 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 and I, I, I put a lot of work in, Ronnie. Yeah. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit upset this morning. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you've got it in my voice. I'm a bit upset. I can hear that. Yeah, I can hear there's a bit of timber in your tum tum tum. Anyway, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd, I'd, I'd spent ages, ages researching the best place to open a new weather spoon. Do you know, where, oh. there, where there was a, a thriving market, Ronnie. Well, of course. Never... That's great. That's the, that's the entrepreneur in you, Jeff. You, we've talked about yeah. this before. Uh, and, and it yeah. seems like, you know, we're all coming out of kind of, you know, the, the COVID thing. And so w what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I, as I say, I've been, I've, I've been all around the world looking for this perfect place to open a new weather spoons where nobody had seen a weathers before, Ronnie. Right. Nobody had, had, nobody had Fishy Friday. Yeah. And I found the perfect place. We signed the documents and the bloody Taliban came in, didn't they? Oh, no. Yeah, I was just about to open up in Kabul. Oh, no, nightmare. Yeah, so well, it's all gone now, Ronnie. That's no more Oh, wasted. Weatherspoons down the swanee. Weatherspoons, Kabul's gone. Oh, I'm so sorry. Did you, uh, did you put a lot of money into it and everything? I mean, will you get your money back? Have you got... Oh, I... No, no, Ronnie, no, 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 no. No, no, first rule of business, use other people's money, you know. I, yeah, I, I yeah. Learned that, I learned that off uh, some conservative friend of mine. Uh, um, so what's what the plan? Because you've still got that entrepreneurial spirit in you, Jeff. Yeah. So what, what are, you, are you looking elsewhere? Well, I'm going to have a look, Ronnie, you know, because there's not many places I haven't got a weather spoon, is there? So, that's, I, no, that's I'm, true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's... I, 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 I've got many in Scotland, Ronnie. 
Oh yeah, we got Weatherspoons. We call them, we call them, we call them Weatherspoons in Scotland. Weatherspoons. Yeah, they, they, so they got them there. Um, so yeah, sorry, Jeff. I'm ever so sorry, mate. That that's that's uh, you just didn't need that, did you? You needed this. Oh no. You no, like? Well, perhaps I'll try Uzbekistan or somewhere like. Oh, that might be. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have a look. There's I'll a. Pl- a look. I'll, I'll be on the plane. I'll be on as soon as I get out of Kabul airport. Yeah. Know, Pretty tricky at the minute. Yeah, you'll be. Yeah, just yeah, just look for a plane with the flag on the side. Just make sure anyway, it's the British flag. That, that was my little phone call. I've got to go, Ronnie. A man knocking on the door with, with somebody's head. So I, I think he wants to speak to me. Okay, then. Thanks very much, Jeff. All the best. And, and, Happy bye. And you and be safe. Oh, well, it's nice to hear. Well, it's nice to hear in these kind of dire times that people are trying to be entrepreneurial, isn't it? It's lovely to hear that. Uh, well done, Jeff. Um, I've I've got to go now because if I don't go, uh, I can't try and get Jeff out of Kabul. So, Kabul, uh, Kabul. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for listening this morning. Um, here is uh, a song, I think by Dusty Springfield. Is Dusty ready? Is she? Okay, let's do it. Yeah.